As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 154. Kate's student loan is gone. Yay! Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So Katie, some pretty crazy news today and a different episode for our Monday slot because of the occasion. Yes, I feel quite privileged that uh, we are changing it up a bit because for anybody who knows Dennis, he's not very good with the change up. I'm fine with the change up. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so special episode today, we're celebrating Katie's student loan payoff, and we're going to chat all about her journey to get here. And I think that that's going to be really cool for you guys, just to kind of see the back end of what she's really been trying to achieve. All right, Kate, are you ready to dive into today's show? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. All right, Kate. So today I'm going to change things up a bit. And instead of us having a guest on the show, I'm going to interview you a little bit. So Ooh. yeah, suddenly you're on the spotlight. Yeesh. I feel like I should have come a little bit more prepared than just doing like a hundred jump rope. Yeah. So, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, who are you and what's your story? Okay. So I am... 30 years old. I'm a teacher. I teach third grade. I have always taught in public school, but when I moved to Virginia, I thought along with changing everything else in my life, I would try private school. Um, and I think I'm a pretty typical person. Uh, I always thought that I was pretty responsible with money. And even when I first met you, I kind of like, you're financial and you have an accounting degree and all that stuff, but I kind of felt like you didn't really know what you're talking about at first. Well, like money works different in Africa. Yeah, like you guys <laughs> even have money there? Like, anyway. So I, in my 20s, I 
was very typical. I went to college. I had my student loans. I kind of accepted the fact that I would have my student loan for the rest of my life. And I had made some financial mistakes, but I also didn't consider myself financially like irresponsible. Rod. I didn't have credit card debt. I was able to buy my own home by myself in my 20s. And I really thought that I had the ball going. Like I didn't know a whole lot, but I did know don't run up your credit card, pay your bills on time, and you should have some emergency money laying around in case something happened. Right. So you then moved up to Virginia in July 2017. June 2017. June 2017. I remember specifically. It was like <laughs> a week after my birthday. Me and my mom drove up. My mom was a little nervous yeah, so for I, me to be moving in with a boy. Yeah. We've known each other a year and a half at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we, we'd been dating in Tampa and then I had to move for work purposes, and we kind of kept in touch all throughout. And kept in touch. We still dated then. We <laughs> did a long distance relationship. <laughs> you make it sound like you texted me like once a week. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, like we, we we actually did quite a lot of flights and stuff. Kate was like a frequent flyer and everything. It when was that you bad. know the TSA agents <laughs> at your local airport, you're there a lot. You're there too much. <laughs> yeah. So. We'd be doing backwards and forwards flying, and then we never really had the conversation about you moving in. But um, you know, I think it just kind of naturally happened. It just happened. You know, like we we both wanted it, and that was kind of the next stage of the relationship. And so you moved in in June, um, and you know, you didn't really have an agenda when you moved in. You were kind of like, yeah, like we'll figure it out. And I was whatever in else. the breeze, and, and I was very relaxed as well. I'm like, look, I've, I'm covering all the expenses. Stuff's great. Um, you know, like find a job when you like find something you actually want to do. Um, you know, and even if, if that takes a bit longer, then it takes a bit longer. Yeah. And, and then what happened, Kate? Oh, I will never forget this day. So it was a typical like evening. You went to work. I kind of did stuff during the day. Then we went out to dinner that night. And before when we, before we were really into personal finance and everything like it was always like a bottle of wine with our meal and it was a good time and so we came home from like a friday night dinner or thursday night dinner had some wine had you know a nice meal and walking by you're like let me just go check the mail well you call it the post so let me go check the post and it turned into like a small I'll call it a discussion. And really what it was, was me begging you not to check the mail. I had been there for about a month. So I knew what laid in the mailbox for me. And I was very good at, in Florida, checking the mail about once a month. Yeah. And you check the mail religiously. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like if you're walking past the mailbox, like grab the mails. No, keep mail. going. Keep going. <laughs> it was my motto. And that should have been a sign to me at first when you when you were so reluctant to just, you know, not even do a detour, just pop into the room before you get in the elevator to go to our apartments. So long story short, every bill under the sun was in there for me. And naturally you had like a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon or something annoying. And then it was just like this look of horror on both of our faces. I felt like I was going to throw up. And you immediately jumped to your best friend, Excel, and totaled up everything that I owed. And it was... Well, like, first I asked you, I'm like, 
so like all these bills are coming in like do you have enough savings and stuff like that and you, you kind of were like yeah i have a little bit of money I, I, i've saved up some money before i have I came enough here, money to cover like but, month to month but, but not I mean, pay not, off in full and not for a long time as well you no know? like you probably had a couple months of living expenses saved up and that was about it so long story short because we're kind of dragging this out you totaled up in the mail was my student loan, my mortgage, and my car payment. Right. And I did have a small credit card bill because I paid off my medical bill onto my credit card because I randomly got the mumps. Even though I've had my MMR three times and it's supposed to like not happen, I did get the mumps. So I had all my bills coming for me and you added it all up and totaled it. And after a slew of a conversation where you asked me interest rates and everything else, and actually I didn't know any of them, you totaled that I was like just shy of $200,000 in debt. And this is coming to a girl who has no job. I just moved in with this boy. I'm in a place I don't know. And I thought that I was pretty responsibly responsible with money. And I hit like a panic. I was so beside myself because not only like that is bad but one of the reasons i had so much debt was because i had made not great decisions before with my car loan and i was still pretty traumatized from that so anyway you devised the plan for me and you said if you do this and this and this you will be debt free within three years yeah and and that was like a modest plan you know like saying you know, like, you don't have to go crazy out of your sort of budgets. You know, it's just like, this is kind of what you should do if you want to get debt free in three years. And you didn't believe me. No, I didn't. And I'm not a big spender. Like, I'm not a, sh- a go out and shop and, you know, go to Forever 21 and Macy's and Nordstrom and like buy a bunch of stuff. That's not where my debt came from. My debt came from like, really just being ignorant and I guess burying my head in the sand. Yeah, uh, which is so common and so many people do it. Yeah, and like I know it sounds ridiculous saying, oh, it was $200,000 in debt. And didn't realize accidentally. it? Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. And Well, like the thing is people don't add up their debts, you know. They're just like, no. oh, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to get a car because I need a car, you know. And they'll go drop 40K on a car. And I've graduated from high school and I need to go to school. Exactly. So I now I need student loans. loans. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it happened for me. And anyway, after you devised this plan, I was not really super sure if I should follow your plan. And then I talked to my mom and my mom quite frankly, said, well, Katie, you're struggling. It can't get any worse. Why don't you just try what he tells you to do? And I was like, well, if my mom says it's okay, (laughs) it must be okay. So I did it. And the first thing on your plan was for me to sell my house. And thankfully, this was an answered prayer. I bought my house and I lived in it for about 11 months. I owned it for 15 And in that short time, the price increased like 20%. So I made money off of the house. Yeah. And going back to that bad car loan, uh, which there is a post on it if you really want to get into it. I I co-signed for this car. I fell into all kinds of negative equity. It was a nightmare. I was driving a Honda that was costing more than a high-end BMW. 
Yeah, you, you, were, you were doing like a, how much was your car payments? $663. And that was over a month. six years. Seven. Seven years, sorry. Seven <laughs> years. And that's not including things like gas, insurance, maintenance. Right. That was just the payment. Anyway, that's a whole different story. So I made enough money from my ha- selling my house to cover the negative equity on my car so I could get rid of the car. So there was two big things right there. And then after the car was naturally the student loan. And that small credit card payment, I did have enough money in my savings. I just like crushed that and paid that off right away. So now I have my student loan, which was $38,000. And that is what I've been working on for what feels like forever to get rid of. Right. And, and it didn't start at 38000 though, did it? No, Dennis. It did not start <laughs> at $38,000. So how much did it start at? Thirty. Yeah, it started at about $30,000. And basically, in doing what you said earlier, putting your head in the sand and not really paying attention to it and, you know, deferring and because Fed Loan and the Student Loan Providers are very, very good. They are so at saying, nice. Oh, you can't pay? No problem. Let's they put are you on the so income-based nice repayment when you program. Call you and can like, you defer say you your loan. It. You can put it in forbearance, whatever you need to do. And what what, what started off as 30000 became $38,000 in a matter of, what, like a couple eight years? years? Yeah, eight years. So... Yeah, like all of a sudden you had this thirty-eight thousand dollars student loan that you had to tackle. And how did you how do you get going on that? And like, what was your strategy? So, let's back up. I was coming from two hundred, and now, in the grand scheme of things, after two hundred, thirty-eight is not that much. No, it's if you not. think if you think of it in numbers, yeah, true. So I was feeling really good and really confident at this point, like before. When you pulled out your spreadsheet the first time and you were like, oh, you have $200,000 in debt, you might as well have just buried me. Like, I (laughs) felt I've never had that kind of, like, miserable, let down feeling because I'm not that, I'm not like that. And I tried really hard to do the right thing. So how that had happened to me, I was clueless. So now I have $38,000. I've already paid off so much. And I I went into it with the attitude I can crush this. I can, yeah. if I can do the what happened before. If I could get out of that car scenario, I can do this. So because I'm a teacher and I taught at a Title One school forever, and to anybody who doesn't know, Title One schools are kind of like the rougher, more challenged areas. Um, you do get loan forgiveness. So we filed the paperwork. It took about six months for it to go through in my opinion, is pretty confusing. And you do have to hound. Uh, I don't even remember who you call the Department of Education to get it forgiven. But so that was $5,000 that I was eligible for. So now that took it down a little bit. And then I started freelancing because I didn't get a teaching job right away. And honestly, I did not get a teaching job when I first moved to Virginia in case, like, we did not work out and I hated it and I didn't want to be trapped here. Yeah, and, and that totally makes sense. You know, you, you sort of wanted to test the water. You didn't want to, you know, commit to a full school year and then have to leave, like, after a couple months or whatever the case no. is. So I totally get that. So I waited a whole school year to make sure I liked it here and, you know, kind of get settled and everything. And in that time, 
you know, Chain of Wealth was born, like, through all this debt payoff and everything. Well, Chain of Wealth was, was essentially born when we realized how much debt we were in, right? So yeah, maybe like, we should have backtracked. Yeah, Chain, yeah. <laughs> after, the, after the conversation of, Katie, you're $200,000 in debt, and we just moved in together, Dennis then came home the next day and said... We're starting a podcast. We're starting a podcast <laughs> to blast all the debt that you have and tell everybody. And you know the funny thing? You were so hesitant at first, and like, I get... I understand it in the case of, uh, like, this is all my information on Blast out there, but ultimately, no one cares. Well, it, not only is it all your information on Blast, but... It's all your negative information on blast. Right. Like we're not talking yeah. about any great achievement here. No. This is like let's you know completely shine everything that you've done wrong. Yeah. So anyway, so that's why we started Chain of Vaults to kind of document and learn. So now here I am in Virginia. I've paid off this debt. I'm trying to crush my student loan. I don't have a job. What do I do? So I started editing and producing and everything the podcast. So that would at least, I was doing something during the day. And that led into freelancing because we would talk to a lot of people on the podcast who said they started leveraging their their blog to make money to write for other people and do other things. And I know when you read blogs and you go on Pinterest and you see these bloggers are making $25,000 a month and this and that, and, you know, they make it sound like it is so easy. In reality, it is not at all. But I, I scraped and I scrambled and we took some courses and everything. And I did start freelancing and I did get some clients and I did make some money. And I was able to make okay money. Yeah, you were doing I was right. able to cover my student loan and my cell phone bill that I had every month. And I even was able to put a little extra towards my student loan. But I was not loving it. I was feeling really lonely. I am one of those people where I need something and somewhere to go. And finally, the new school year was starting and I decided I want to go back to teaching. And I want teaching. It's a stable income. I can really fast track my student loan payoff because I didn't feel like it was going as quickly as I wanted, right. especially with you being generous enough to cover rent and food and like necessities. Yeah. So w when we did the adding up of all the bills, I said to Kate, you have one job. If this relationship's going to work, you need to get out of debt and I will cover all your expenses as long as you prioritize paying off debt. And you did a really good job at that case. You didn't alter, you didn't, you know, like try and buy stuff and feel like, oh, I have, I'm wearing the same old clothes I've worn for the last couple of years. I want to go out and buy more clothes. You were very good with sticking to your goal and just saying, this is all I'm going to focus on until it's, it's gone. And I'd like to point out where we live is super easy to go shopping. My girlfriend came over last week when we when you were out of town and she was like, how do you not go shopping? <laughs> and I was just like, I just... I choose not to. I buy food and that is it. Yeah. But anyway, so I got my teaching job and I put 100% of my salary towards my loan. And we did the math and I set myself a I set myself an old goal before and that was to pay my loan off by Christmas time. Yeah. And I did not reach that even at all. Well, yeah, but your goal was also exceptionally ambitious assuming you were making like $3500 payments. Um, and even before you were even making money as a teacher. So yes. it was a very ambitious goal. So I, I did not reach that goal, but 
and I preach this a lot to like my students, if you make a goal and you don't reach it, you can't quit. You have to change it. Changing your goal is fine. So I changed my goal and I wanted to have my goal, my loan paid off to on my 31st birthday. Yeah. And sort of getting that whole thing in process um, was very hard. Well, we did the math at that point. And like when you realized you weren't going to make your goal of paying it off by the end of the year, you said to me, if I want to have it paid off by my birthday, how much do I need to pay? And, you know, and I had just started my teaching job. <laughs> and so we, we like pulled up in the calculator and did Excel and figured out exactly how much you had to pay. And you had to make payments of, I think it was $3,100 a month. And newsflash to anybody who may not know, teachers don't make that much money. And little known fact, private school teachers make even less money. Yeah. So how so much were you actually bringing in with the teaching job? I bring in from my teaching job $2,400. So you had like. And that's this, being generous, I yeah, feel Yes. Like. So you had like the $700 shortfall. Yeah. That you had to make up if yeah. you wanted to get it done by your by your goal. And when you're th- <laughs> when you're thinking like my entire salary, and teachers work hard, and so I would come home tired, and then you you have like the day to day like dinner and cleaning and laundry and all that kind of stuff, and then to be told that I'm like seven or eight hundred dollars short of a month, that is a long time extra, and I hit like. A bit of a meltdown. Yeah, you did. You hit yeah. a panic, and you you there, know, like there was no denying there were tears, no denying, I mean, there were tears during this loan payoff. You know, and, and and I said to you at the time, I'm like, Kate's like, if you want to make it by your birthday, we will find a way to make you more money. And at that point, you started looking for more freelance work. We did, and so I, it, it was like an answered prayer. One of the teachers that I work with, we were talking about side hustling, and you know, complaining about how broke we both were. And she was like, look, I know this little girl who wants to get tutored. Do you have time to tutor her? Absolutely. I will make time to tutor this little girl. And I've been tutoring her and I've been uh, doing some other freelance work on the side. And I was able to manage to finally make my last student loan payment. And it was so hard making the $3,000 a month payments month after month. After month, after month, yeah, it, it, it really it's started like, to it feel feels like a bit defeating. You know, like you you feel like you're paying so much, but the balance isn't really moving that much. And the interest at first, yeah, and then you see the interest charge. Oh, the interest. <laughs> so, and then I also want to give you a big thank you because you are like the silent supporter in the back. Where when I was crying and whining and just feeling defeated you were there pushing me on and you even said look let me help you a little bit and I said Dennis you've already helped me so much like you pay for everything and Dennis did throw down like four grand to help me towards my student loan which super big thank you for well it's an absolute pleasure but also like now we're in the position that you know we got the wedding coming up so we like <laughs> we're not I, going into debt over it though. no we're not going into debt but what i wanted to do was get us in a position where we have a pot that we're both contributing to and that will both go towards the wedding to to make sure that we're not going into debt over the wedding yes so i guess i don't know if this is really like an excited 
episode. I feel like it's, it's more of like, this is where it was. This is where we are now. And because somebody is going to listen to this, hopefully it's not you, but if it is you and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have this student loan. I'm never going to get out of it. I have been there. I have fallen victim to this terrible scam where I thought I was working on my student loan for a few years and I wasn't. And then I was bombarded with the phone calls from FedLoan constantly. And then the mail from FedLoan all the time. And it got to the point where sometimes I wouldn't even open the envelope from FedLoan. I would just like throw it in the trash and hope it would go away. So if you are completely lost and confused with your student loan, you are not alone. And if you do need help, like reach out, join our Facebook group. I know Dennis punks it on like every episode, but there are people in there that can really help you and give you advice. Yeah, and if you do want to join us, you can head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. <laughs> We'd love it if you came to say hi. <laughs> no, but for real though, like you're not alone. And I think one of the first crucial steps you can take in any kind of a debt payoff journey is figuring out what you actually owe. You know, sitting down and writing it all down. Literally take a piece of paper and write it down and add up and see how much debt you're in. And, and I know that sounds like a terrible it exercise and it's a very um, enlightening exercise, but it's something you should be doing and it's something you should be aware of because if you don't know where you're at, you don't know where you're going to. And think of it this way, that the day you sit down and add up all your debt, it can't get any worse than that. So you're already at rock bottom. Well, it can if people take up more debt, but well, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully if, if you're you listening to point, this, you don't want to take up more debt at that point. If you are <laughs> at the point that you're totaling up all of your debt, you're not going to take out more debt. Yeah, no, and, and, and I agree. And then I also want to add to that, Den, paying off debt sucks. There's no way around it. It sucks. It's... People talk all the time about how it's lonely. Some people get suicidal over it, which is heart-wrenching. You need people to help you push through it. And I will say there have been some podcast guests on Chain of Wealth that, like, outside of the show, like, we talk on Twitter, we like each other's stuff whenever, you know, whenever somebody posts that they've made a big payment or something... It's super exciting and you're happy for them and you need those people to help boost you along and know that you're not in it alone and cheer you on. I've had a couple of friends. Chantel was on the podcast a while ago. She was one of my like big motivations. So Chantel, if you're listening, hey girl. Um, her, my good friend Haley has been super supportive. You've been super supportive. My mom has been super supportive. So if you're paying off debt, find people in your life to be supportive. And if you're sitting there thinking, gosh, I don't have anybody to be supportive, add me on Twitter or Instagram. I will be your support because I know how it feels and it is super important. Awesome. So just before we wrap things up, up is there any other advice that you have for people that are still paying off their student loans like any one thing that you've done that you think would help or even inspire someone to try and make that extra payment in whatever month it is or just try to get a little bit more ahead hmm it will end 
it feels like it won't, but it will. And I was talking to a coworker who is also a friend yesterday, and she was talking about this Groupon spa thing and this and that. And I, we got paid yesterday. And I was just like, do you do you just sit here and think of ways to spend money? Like, what? why do you... Why? And I guess paying off my debt for so long has kind of made me realize what is a need and what is a want. And I'm still very focused on needs and not so much wants. And she told me, she was like, Katie, I just... I like to spend money. I just like to spend it. I said, girl, I totally get it. When you want to spend money, though, you need to start plunking down some money towards your student loan because or your bills or whatever is going on. Put it in your savings. I will help you invest in the stock market. I will help with your 401k like because spending $15 on nail polish and, you know, $20 at McDonald's and this and this and this. It adds it, up. It's not adding any yeah. value to your life. So put your money somewhere where it really is going to add value. You don't need 5,000 different shades of nail polish, especially when you go and get your nails done. Right. And then you never use it. Spend your money on things that really add value. Awesome. So, yeah, we really enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Thank you, everyone. That's been a part of our journey. It's been a really fun one and a half years. Chena Wolf is not going anywhere, so you don't need to worry. <laughs> We've also been asked that. <laughs> what are you going to talk about now that you have paid off your student loan? Now I'm going to learn how to invest. Yeah, and the thing with money is that there is always something else to learn. And, you know, you always are going to be changing what you're doing and everything else. So we're super excited for the next chapter. And, you know, like it's for us at the moment, it's going to be saving towards the wedding. Um, but in the midst of that, it's also saving and investing and trying to get ahead and everything else. Yes. So just a big shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. We guys love you and we appreciate everyone. And we'd love if you'd reach out to us. Let us know what you're up to. Say hi. Join the Facebook group or you can email us. It's info at chainofwealth.com. And let us know what you guys are busy with. All right. We'll catch you next time. Yes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.